Welcome to the CodeCast Podcast. Real-world insights for your daily medical coding and billing processes. And now, here's your host, Terry Fletcher. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the CodeCast Podcast today. My name is Terry Fletcher. So we are at the end of December, and usually I do a Talk 10 Tuesday, but honestly, I am in the middle of wrapping presents, trying to get everything ready because I do record before Tuesday. So I'm actually recording right before Christmas Eve. So I'm going to do a quick fire today and just talk about a couple of things that are going on with the 2023 rules. Last week, I clarified some things on time elements, and today I want to clarify some things uh, for data points and history and exam elements for the hospital services because there's definitely some updates. Now, again, you can always take my on-demand if you'd like to order that, it's on my website at terryfletcher.net. And we have it for the 2023 EM rules. And it's about an hour, about an hour and 15, but there is a 1.5 CEU also offered for that. So feel free to take a look and hopefully you wanted to order that. But let's just talk about a couple of things um, with history and exam. So just like the 2021 rules, there is no longer key components on determining level of visit. Uh, with history and exam, but that doesn't mean that you still don't have to have a medically appropriate history and exam. So the nature and extent of that are part of what the physician feels uh, is appropriate and also what the hospital bylaws will require for these in an admitting note. So remember that we don't have a standard anymore like we had in the 95-97 guidelines, but find out what the requirement is in the hospital uh, if you have to have a review of systems or if you have to have a comprehensive exam. So you want to make sure that it's clinically relevant to the patient's encounter. So why they are coming in today um, or being seen or admitted uh, into the hospital. Data for initial hospital services. So try to get your physicians to stop always saying, well, I want this credit for this review or I want this credit for multiple days and they need to stop focusing on that. So the AMA developed rules and they're the ones that are in charge. And then Medicare comes on the back end and says, because we said so. Remember when our mothers used to say that? So basically remind them that reviewing lab tests is interpreting the tests. Okay. It's not um, considered an independent interpretation. Independent interpretation under the data points and remember that falls under the higher levels of service, means that it's independent. You didn't order it, you didn't review it, and it's something from an external source that the patient's bringing to you and that you have a documented, basically reinterpretation of something that was billed by somebody else and um, performed by somebody else, has a CPT code attached to it, and there's also some kind of interpretation, a formal one that somebody else did, but the patient either didn't get or didn't understand, and there's a reason to do an independent interpretation. Again, independent means you had nothing to do with it. So it's something that's brought to you. So if you order an EKG or you order uh, any test, then the independent part of that is gone. And that's just part of either review of a a unique test or the order of that unique test. And then also try to encourage your physicians and clinicians to differentiate between reviewing an x-ray or EKG um, or in report and reviewing uh, the image. So it really would be helpful instead of them saying, you know, the x-ray showed instead of saying, I reviewed the x-ray and it showed or give the information. So be more personal in what's happening with that uh, patient. 
Also, please take out of your um, macros because I'm still seeing this in there where it says something to the effect that I spent over half, 50% or more spent counseling coordination of care. That is now two years out of date. So you need to say how many minutes you actually spent face-to-face with the patient and what those services were. So you don't have to have a complete list, but you do have to be able to support how much time you spent. And I'm getting some providers doing things like, I spent 15 minutes synthesizing the record into the EMR. What does that mean? It means nothing from an auditing perspective. And so it's helpful to have something that's just a little bit more detailed and specific to that patient. And where we, again, as auditors, or even your patients, or I'm sorry, your um, staff that's trying to extract information from your record, just make it so we can understand it. Don't make us beg for this information or try to pull it. Um, because that's a problem and we are having a really hard time and it will be a hard time in 2023 trying to find this information if it's not just easy to see. And so think of it as a med legal document where if somebody says, point it out, where is it? And you can just point to it. It's not a where's Waldo situation where we have to try to figure out what you're trying to say or find it. So if your providers were not clear before, make sure they're clear now that for the purposes of medical decision-making under the data points, they cannot count labs at both the time of the order and the follow-up appointment when reviewed. So these tests should be counted on the date that they are ordered only and not when the patient returns. And if they want to know where that's found, page six on CPT 2023, uh, professional edition. It basically says there's an assumption there that when you order it, you're going to give patients the information on review, whether it be over the phone or whether it be in the office. So you're not going to get a double dip on that, if you will. And try to also use specific words that you can uh, relate to that particular patient. We're finding that that's just not happening anymore. And we really want to have the specifics to that patient so that you can show not only medical necessity, but kind of support the, the efforts from AMA on why they are trying to lessen your burden on documentation. And then the last thing I'm going to say this week on data points is when you're talking about an independent historian, uh, if there is something that or someone that is giving information, spouse, um, parent, child, anything like that, uh, it even says or other source that is uh, giving additional information that the patient doesn't have, then that is considered a historian. But if it is a translation or a translator, that is not considered a independent historian because that, that person is only taking information that the patient has and translating it into a different language. So it's not additional information. Also, some of the ex examples of when this is appropriate uh, has come up with AMA and they try to say it's only tied to patients who have dementia or lack of memory. And I would actually disagree with that if you can show that there is a conflict in the history that the patient is giving and then the actual um, historical data that maybe somebody with the patient's giving. Or if you are, you know, a parent that has an adult child that doesn't remember their childhood diseases or histories, and now they have a new job with, with employer-sponsored insurance, so they went to the doctor and they call you and say, 
you know, mom, what is this? I'm speaking from personal experience, I'm sure you can tell. And so did I ever have that also could be an independent historian. And remember, it doesn't have to be the person there. It just has to be during the visit when the patient is face to face. So let's say my daughter did call who's in her late 20s. She now has employer sponsored insurance because she is a teacher. And she doesn't she didn't know she's like, have I ever had hypertension or diabetes? Or did I have my tonsils on? I'm like, you think you'd know some of those? I'm like, no, all you've ever had is your wisdom teeth pulled. And she's like, Oh, cool. And I said, now, when you talk to the doctor, say, I spoke to my mother today, right now during that, during this time in the visit. And um, then that way, the doctor will get credit for that as well. So always make sure you update that. All right, everyone. Well, I hope you had a good holiday. I really hope you have some great New Year's Eve plans. I tend to not go out. We basically open a bottle of wine. Either we have patients or patients. Oh my gosh. We either have people over or uh, we kind of hang out at home too, so that we're not in the, any traffic and obviously not drinking and driving. So please be safe out there. I hope again, you have a great new year and I'll talk to everybody on January 2nd, 2023. So make it a great day. And thank you for listening to the CodeCast podcast. For more information on medical coding, billing, auditing, and compliance, including how to hire Terry, follow Terry on Twitter at TerryCoder1 or visit her website at www.terryfletcher.net. Podcast producer, Joe Kuzma. Music producer, Assassin Music.